Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my best friends that work here. Interesting people also pop in to rent something all the time. Each week, we can help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? Hi, you guys. Good morning, Russell. Oh, that was so spirited. Hi, you G-Force. <laughs> All right, and you, bro. Lekker. Such good energy. I love it. Cole? Hi. Oh, no, man. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's Monday. You're like, you're like Eeyore. Yeah. yeah. Hello. You still go to work this week? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's my third month at the new job, so I didn't really feel necessary to take days off, aside from my birthday, Christmas. Nice. Boxing day. But uh, thank you for coming to work here at the video store. We appreciate mm. you yeah. guys. And thank you for listening, everybody. Today on the show, we have got Tessa Jubber popping in to rent something. She is a very accomplished actress and came in one day um, to be um, hiring the cinema for her kid's birthday. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I know you. <laughs> you're, you're from the TV. And uh, she's lovely. And I convinced her to be a guest and cool. come in and pop in. She uh, has appeared on Binnerlanders and Issy Dingo. Uh, she was on The Girl from St. Agnes, which was that cool. really ambitious, really great um, um, big Showmax. swing on Showmax, which really pulled off. And um, Collision, which was a, a really great film on Netflix that, that popped up about a year ago. Cool. Um, but she is now on Classified, which is Cajiso Ladija's um, new TV show, which is on Netflix. Oh, cool. Which is um, a really big, ambitious production. Mm. And um, so it's great that she's on that. And yeah, it's just a lovely person to just talk through. I think the people who have spent a lot of time in the industry, I think... I've got a lot to share about how it all works and what the life is like as an, as an actor in South Africa. So stick, stick around for that. Um, for all those who are joining for the first time, welcome to the video store. We've got a lovely day here. We've got Cole and Graham um, doing a shift with myself. And um, Tessa will pop in in a moment. But after that, the three of us are going to chat about what we're watching. Yep. When the store gets quiet... We can uh, talk a little bit of shit <laughs> about the movies we've watched. We uh, went to watch Godzilla Minus One, mm. which was a cool, nice film to yep. geek out about. So we'll chat more about that and we'll talk about all the other things that are coming up and the things that we are enjoying. Cool. Um, a little shout out, I think at this point, to mention our good friend Jonathan Rocksmith, mm. who is a loyal customer. Um, he's been a, a previous guest. Uh, has got a lovely production on at Monte Cassino called Swingle Bells. Yeah. Which is very exciting. And we think you should give him love. <laughs> you so should. Especially this week, go and buy your tickets to watch it. It is a big band production in the big Monte Cassino theater and um, definitely worth doing as part of the big family spirit yeah. of, of, of Christmas. Um, and then um, next week we are going to uh, release our most rented episode, which is now an exciting tradition. We did it at the end of last year. 
This will be us talking about our top film and TV picks for the whole year. Yeah. So we'll do it. I think we must do it the way we did it last year. Yeah, I agree. I like that format. Oh, hey. going, uh, going around. Yeah, mm-hmm. we literally just the four of us. So myself, Cole, Graham and Gad. We literally just went in the clockwise direction. Yes. And we each brought up um, one and we just kept going until we were done. Yeah. So that'll be a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So uh, that'll be next week. So How long was the last one? I can't remember. Probably it like, was a normal. Let's make it longer. For an hour, maybe. Yeah. Let's make it two hours. It's <laughs> a special episode. No, it's it is a nice one, and I think it's cool because we are the kind of people that keep a, a journal. Yeah. Yeah. I keep a film journal at least, um, thanks to Letterbox. So it's nice to go back and we'll we'll see which ones we gave the most highest rating to and the ones that stick out, and um, and you know so that should be a good treat. Mm. All right, uh, should we get into it? Let's yeah. do it. Okay, cool. This is Tessa Jubba popping in to rent something. How's it? Hello, Russell. How are you? I'm well. It's hectic. I mean, I was moaning off off mic. Yeah, about mad time of year. Yeah, end, end of year kid stuff. But what what is what is keeping you busy? Uh, mainly family things. Yeah. Um, but these are all what all the activities that the kids have to do. Well, the end of year comes with every extra mural has a. a display or performance or, yeah. or like, uh, not crisis, a, a ramp up of some kind, which yeah. parents are invited to. And then there's a, like an event where you need a costume and then something for the party and then a teacher gift and then a class mom gift. And it's yeah, wild. No, it's, I've, it's wild. I've got, I've got a friend who's got two daughters and he quantified, this was over a beer, so he was, he was feeling a bit um, grumpy, but he quantified the amount of money he spent Mm. On on absolute strangers' presents, <laughs> because he's like, there is one every weekend, and you got it. There's got to be this kind of minimum that's expected. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, I've spent the most insane amount of money on some kid that doesn't even know who I am. No, it's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Um, but we were saying now that that kids are are, are so scheduled. Mm. Where mm. my childhood felt like, you know, we're going to the park. Or like just did play, it. Play, yeah, in my, the, play in the back garden. Yes. Like we did stuff. And of course my parents made an effort. But um, I think kids are like s- sort of scheduled like the VIP. Definitely. <laughs> like Definitely more so from a younger age. I'm, I mean, I remember by the time I got to high school, things were pretty hectic for me. I mean, on my 18th birthday, I think I had a prefects meeting before school. Then during school, I had to pack kit for swimming and ballet. I took it as a mm. subject during mm. school. Then after school, I had like a drama lesson and then walked up the road to my private ballet lessons and ended at seven. Okay. And for each of these classes, I, I wanted to bring like a cake or a treat or something. Cause yeah. it was my birth- so I left oh, home. Cause, yeah, because it's your birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had like bags and bags and then trying to balance like plates of cake. No, no. So mm. I felt a lot of freedom after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, so there was ballet in your life, eh? Big time. Big time. Yeah, yeah. My sister was a ballerina. My mom did it. So I was raised in that. In where that I world. Sort of went to the Nutcracker oh, yeah. every Oh, Sunday. that's happening as well. It's my, happening my, now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's in that. So a few performances of that. So we oh, also, she's yeah, in it? Yeah, not the Joburg City Ballet. Oh, she okay. goes to a, a private dance school and okay. they're doing that. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, and so raised having to go to those performances, you know, when you're Sister is one of like 300 girls all doing the same dance to the same song. Yes. And they're all 
like all look the same because they've all got their hair back. They've all got totally. this particular outfit that they have to wear for this. It's the set do, dance. Do you know what I'm so talking about? Same, yeah, no, it's the same choreography, the same music. So it's comparing like for like, you know, yeah. everyone comes on and yeah, I know. Jesus, Can you imagine the judges? Boring, eh? I mean, you, you, you would, at, at the time, I imagined that the judges were totally into each one, but they must just like, because you can tell in the first five seconds, yeah. is this kid one of the contenders or yeah. one of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you got sort of like silver, bronze, yeah. special music. Yeah. Um, okay, so right. dancing was a big part of your life. When when it, did acting kick in? So I always thought everyone wanted to be an actor. Like, oh, interesting. Right, because you watch movies and like everyone wants to do we this, right? We all want to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. So I really did not think of it as a career choice. I mean, I did the drama classes at school as an extramural. Yeah. And then... You know, I was playing the lead in the school musicals and stuff yeah. in, in high school. So I, I think it sort of started to feel, well, one of the moms said to me, oh, you should consider this as a profession. But I was taking ballet so seriously, right? Okay, I, yeah. I thought, you wanted yeah, to be a dancer. Yeah, yeah. So that was my thing. And I used to do the acting. And your, and your toes and your legs were just messed. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of my sister when they went to point, yes. you know, when, no, know. when it's, ballet, it's you know, at that point where you do the toe shoe. Yes. I mean, it's I didn't insane. mind it for myself, but now that my daughter's on the brink of that, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I want it for you. But anyway, so okay. so, I, so I danced and I did the, the acting. And then I, I guess the big moment was, well, there were two things. So when I was in matric, I had this older brother who was studying art at Michaelis at UCT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where Cape Town. And his girlfriend was studying drama and she came to see what it was. You, you grew it? up in Cape Town, hey? I did. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing Paint Your Wagon, which is a Western. Paint Your Wagon? Paint Your Wagon for Weinberg Boys. So okay. I was at Weinberg Girls, and so a few of the girls got invited to be okay. in the boys' production. Yeah, so she they, came to see Otherwise, it. we're in pantomime territory. We have to get the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. to get the people in. Yeah, okay, cool. So Emma Wright said to me, oh, you should consider studying this at varsity. So my dad was a lecturer at UCT, a professor at UCT of okay. sociology. So we got a subsidy. So it was never the case yeah. of where are you going to study? It was what course you Same with me. My oh, really? mom taught um, maths for uh -huh. commerce students. Cool. And so it was, I remember once, you'll love the story. Um, a friend of mine's mom worked for MTN. And right. when we were little kids walking somewhere, the kids said, no, because my mom works at MTN, um, I get a phone. And I thought, Fuck, that's cool. Oh, man. And then I'm going to say to my mom, like, what do I get? And my mom was like, you don't have to pay for varsity fees. And I was like, I was a child, but I was like, okay, no, that is yeah, much better that's than rad. That's rad. Like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, I did want to go to Wirt, so it worked out. Happy days. Okay, so sociology. Yeah. Okay. So he had he, been at Wits. My parents had met at Wits, and then he got a position at UCT. And okay. then we've done and then started the family there, and so that's where okay. we were. And so Emma said to me, why don't you, she, she was studying drama. So at, at UCT, there's this very, all the like regular subjects are on upper campus. And yeah. then the art school yeah. is in the center of town. Yes, by the, the lobby. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had met there and she said, why don't you come to drama school? And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, how do you mean? Like, what? There's a course you can study this stuff? Like, yeah. I, I really didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so that lit a fire in me. And then I looked into that. And then in the same year, I had an older cousin who had been a dancer and then became an actor and had been in New York. Anyway, long story short, she had a casting agent. She was she was going for commercials and things. Yeah. And she said, why don't you join this agency? So I did that. 
And very soon I nearly, I mean, there's no prizes for, 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 for nearly. Yeah, sure, sure. But it's like, it's kind of a formative story for me. So I think for many people doing that stuff, yeah. My husband says, oh, your, your work is so binary. Binary? It's so binary because you like, yeah. you have this whole journey and, and you, you can go for callbacks and things and nearly and fittings and then you don't get the job. And like nobody, it doesn't say on IMDb, uh, you know, this yeah, is the cost. Of, but it, these few yeah. actors like were nearly there. So I nearly got cast in a Daryl Ruet film. He flew me up to Joburg. It was this thing called Dangerous Ground with Ice Cube. Oh, uh, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. So the role was a teenage prostitute. Didn't didn't uh, Elizabeth Hurley? Yes, she got it. She got it. <laughs> um, well, she's Liz Hurley. I mean, it's yeah. sometimes it's about the name that yeah. people recognise that can you know it's good. Sometimes it's not about the talent. But um, someone told me about this film because they were like, I don't know whether you know this, but there's an early Daryl Root film where Liz Hurley is a prostitute in Hillbrow. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen it, but I know... I haven't either. I can't. I just, <laughs> you boycotted I it I once you not. didn't make it. I just, you know, yeah. I, I, you've got to have a little bit of pride. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I no, should, no, for no. fascination's sake. And I mean, he'd already done Serafina Sar- and Cry the Beloved Country, so so it wasn't early route. It was sort of, yeah. he'd already done that stuff, but apparently, it's earlier than... Apparently she was in like a leopard skin onesie. That is likely because That's that likely. was the kind of costume fitting I had. I like yeah. it was, you know, like I, I flew up here, did things, okay. met him. Maybe blah, blah. you dodged the bullet. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that one didn't, didn't make it. But, um, so that was like, oh, this, but it's not least, just fantasy. Like I, I, this was close. I think at least it showed you that you were on some right track. Yeah. You know, because sometimes it's out of your control and it's actually got nothing to do with whether or not you uh, – like everyone's re- really talented. Sometimes mm. it's just some kind of chemistry or some kind of mm. I- image that a director has in their head. You know, it's sometimes, as you know, it's, it's completely out of your control. But I know, but but I agree with you because having had a few early and, and then when I was in matric, I did shoot a TV series, a South African thing, whatever. So so having a few early successes mm. have made me able to weather the storms of the years when things do go quiet and. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's all over and yeah. wasting my time. So, yeah. so having had that kind of rush of early success set me up for a fall, <laughs> but also sure. so no, it made me have a little belief in myself. Otherwise, you just don't know. Yeah. As I said, doesn't everyone want to be an actor? Like yeah. every, everyone wants to do this thing. So, am yeah. I stupid? Yeah. But you did um, Benalunders, and you were on Issy Dingo. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about uh, professional. With, yes. With Brendan oh, Fraser? Oh, I had one scene in that. Okay. I had one scene All right. in that. But that, that looked very interesting. And of course, it was this f- thing that was shot in South Africa that we didn't know about because it went straight to mm, something mm. else. But what were, the, what were some of the highlights for you in terms of, of, of in, my life, in, in of career? my work? So, I mean, I'm happy to say that the highlights have come more recently because I did mm. think, you know, I had, I had a, a few. Fantastic years. So, yes, I left drama school, was on Issy Dingo, which had been a total goal of mine. I mean, at the time, that was mm. like the thing to be on. So I had a lot of and – then, and then things went quiet. And then mm. I spent some time in Europe, which we'll get to when we talk movies. Um, yeah, yeah. And then kind of came back and had a hard time getting going again. Yeah. Um, but that seems to have shifted and I've clicked into another age category and so I would say within the last few years, my, my favorite project was The Girl from St. Agnes, which was a Showmax yeah. thing. And we're just making great TV shows now. Yeah. And I think that that 
level has completely upped around the world and it's there's so much more content yeah. that people can be a part of so saying Ag- the girl from the saint girl agnes was was a great show and it was a great quality well thanks yeah so did you see it yeah. I, I watched yeah. The, yeah. a fair it's, bit of it yeah um so it was a fantastic role for me just mm. yeah it was you could really sink your teeth in i really could and i loved how it flipped towards the end so she like seemed like a an uptight mm. uh bitch mother which seems to me my typecast at the moment uh, i'm thinking of um collision yes same which same, was also same. like this very same. like tightly wound yeah mom. yeah so i almost like i took a while before accepting collision because i thought ah oh, it's so soon after st agnes it's such a similar character yeah. but in the i mean they they unravel in a different way and and you know maybe maybe a typecast is a good thing i mean if it leads to work hell i'm happy sure. to play you know and it's a useful it's a useful icon in telling a story especially about young people you know like the the uptight mom is a an archetype sure sure but also like i think we're just in that point now where there is just so much that not everyone's concentrating on everything that you do. Oh, I sure. think of, Nobody you know, cares. sure. And I, and I think of the bioscope. I think of the band that I'm in. And, and you can very quickly think like everyone's paying attention and surely we should have another movie. Why do we keep playing this one? Or oh. everyone's paying attention to exactly which song was on which album. And it's like, no one cares. No one as cares. As long as you're enjoying it, as long as you are getting something out of it. Um, then it's awesome. <laughs> exactly. And I was, I was chatting to another interviewer a while ago when I was doing Collision. And I, I was saying a similar thing. And he was like, no, but we like you in those things. And we, we, you were the same on skin. Not the same. But it's like, yeah. I'm generally the posh lady. So I would like to check. I mean, like in the theater, I do different things. I'm doing a sure. play at the moment where I'm playing a very different character. I was about to say, what's, what's yeah. keeping you busy now? So I have been doing a show called Two Lovers, which is a completely different character. And it's just been okay. such a breath of fresh air. And yeah, enjoy. I'm sure that's fun. Absolutely. What, what is this character? This character is, well, it's the story of a relationship. Um, and she's kind of uh, just very in touch with herself, very emotional, very loving. Quite hot, open. And... Open, creative. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah and then I, you know, and, and, and then. Stoic character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and the fiery one. So in this relationship, it's it's a story of her and her partner oh, cool. over time, and 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 she's the firecracker. He's uh, the one who's kind of more. Is the level. play on? It will be next year at the Theatre on the Square. Okay, we lovely. took it to Makanda this year to the National Arts Festival. It's written by the other actor, Ter Holman. Okay. Um, who is a writer? He's done a few things, writer and actor, and he'd done it a few years ago at Pop Art with another actress. Lovely. Shout out to Pop Art. Shout out to Pop Art. Hey, Evans. <laughs> so, and then he wanted to do it again after COVID and approached the initial actor, and she wasn't interested. Okay. So, so you he get and the director g- offered it to me. Lovely. Okay, and they, so but they have said that it's very different, and, and we reworked it. It's, I think it's, theater it's has to be thing. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, it yeah, can yeah. kind of reinvent itself with different actors. Yeah. So we'll be doing that at Daphne's Theatre on the Square next year. Lovely. Do you know when, when about? May, mid-May. Okay, lovely. Yeah, so we could. Oh, and then there's, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I'm, so after the Christmas holiday in Cape Town, because we're going down to spend time cool. with my family, I will be staying longer in Cape Town to do a project there. I'll, I'll be doing the main art for, oh, sure, but am I allowed? Mm. You could just I'll say kind doing, of what it is in principle. Yeah, not, it's, so it's the Maynardville Open Air Shakespeare that they do every year. Oh, uh, cool. So I'm going to be involved in that. 
Lovely. It's lovely. I, I, I've done it twice before. It's an institution in Cape Town. It's, yeah. it's the big um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shakespeare in the park like they do in the UK. But, oh, yeah. lovely. And I, I'm so impressed. I mean, for years it was funded by Artscape. It was always a kind of government thing. Yes. And then now it died a death. Mm. And then for a few years, um, a private producer did the school, sha- uh, the school set work every year, which was Othello for years and years and years and years. So they did that same production kind of on repeat. Okay. And now Jakufran Rensburg of VR Theatrical has taken it on. It can be no, a commercial thing. It's, yeah. You do, sometimes that can actually be better. Um, where is it? It's in Weinberg. In so Weinberg. the Maynardville Park. Okay. It has this little... I, I'm, I've missed that personally, um, but I, I can imagine how it would be an institution. Totally. People okay. take a picnic. They know exactly how to do that. Eh? I've been lucky enough to play Kirsten Bosch oh, a few divine. times with the band. And yeah. like everybody knows exactly where to park. They know exactly how to line up. They know exactly how to run for their picnic mm-hmm, spots. Mm-hmm. The first time it happened, it blew my mind. And then every time we played it afterwards, I always made a point of standing on the side of the stage when I knew the doors were going to open. Because we would have spent the whole day that morning with this huge embankment empty yes. while we sound checked and we sort of laid about. And then you just go, watch this. And then you just see in like the space of a minute, just going like... <laughs> Everybody just running to get running. to the picnic spot. And then before you know it, you've got 6,000 people in front of you. Yeah, and yeah. it's and all of a sudden, it just, it's electric. Oh, this whole, the whole move of this, yeah, the yeah. whole mood of this valley like changes. And you're like, oh my God, it's and happening. And they probably said to their friends, okay, front right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, all the kids then sort of come to the front yes. when the band start playing. It's right. gorgeous. It's, it's quite special. So have you done this before? The Maynardville, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in 2001, I was Desdemona in Othello. And oh. then in 2008, I was Portia in The Merchant of Venice. Oh, lovely. lovely. And I'm in the next one. They haven't announced that, what it is yet, so I can't say. Okay, so you can't say it, what it's, it it's is. A, maybe by the time this is on air, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. all be out there. And there's one more thing I must mention. Yes. So, so the Arif Festival yeah, is yeah. on at the moment. So I'm in a thing called Classified, which is the closing night. They're showing it's, it's a series that's going to be on Netflix. Oh, cool. Netflix Africa and then Amazon Freebie in the States. Okay. So there's a I haven't heard function of on Sunday. It's Cajiso Ledija's latest thing. Oh, lovely. Mm. And it's called Classified. Classified. There's Do you know when it comes to Netflix? 30th of November. Okay, that's right now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I'll be there. Lovely, man. Okay, well, let's, let's do our little journey. And in that we get to um, yeah, get more of a picture of your life, career, things. Um, we talk about the films we've loved. We've got the four great loves of our lives. The first is our puppy love film, which comes to you in sort of primary school, nursery school. Yeah. You grew up in Cape Town? In Cape Town, in Plumstead. My parents are still in the house. Lovely. Same, same as mine. <laughs> we've, we, we, we've got some similar, similar yeah. trajectory here. Um, and what, what got your attention when you were young? So to set the scene, there was no video player in our house I mean we watched what was on the telly so I was born in 77 so I was 10 in 87 and and I'm imagining that it's around this time where I saw this thing called Bugsy Malone oh cool oh and it rocked my world. Oh, lovely. (laughs) I just I mean I know of it I haven't seen it but I mean I know yes it you know it the concept it's a gangster movie played by kids 
and they shoot yeah. their when they shoot their guns. It's these cream pies that come out. I mean, oh, really? I don't know if you could do it these days because yeah. it's very risque. It's okay. like they've got these little prepubescent girls doing this hectic showgirl can can oh, really that. and it just captured <laughs> my imagination like you cannot believe it. it's jodie okay. foster playing this cabaret singer interesting because she went on to also play something far younger than she should have yeah i think in, that was before um, i think taxi she, driver. i think she was in, i think taxi driver might have been her first yeah she, and so she was that even was also a very nervous. weird yeah, yeah. thing that could never very that could be that couldn't be done today and so what added to the mystique of this film is that I found Bugsy Malone incredibly interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, I had the hots for him in, yeah, in yeah. a big way. You know, that kind of first crush thing. Like, okay. wow. And as a side note, so this older brother, of, I, I, somehow, could, because, you know, I saw this once on television. It's not like yeah. I could rewind. It wasn't that we'd got That's it right. on the thing. So yeah, it was this, keep... just one moment and then it was gone. And so oh, I, I, it was, you know, I kind of had this thing in my consciousness. And it and sort even of maybe I, replayed or rebuilt itself. Absolutely. And I mean, I, the choreography, the music, I mean, the, even the, like the specific move that the girls do in that number. And now what blows my mind is that in preparation for talking to you, I just looked on YouTube. Oh, that thing, Fat yeah. Sam's Grand Slam Speakeasy, because I still had the, the name yeah. in my head. And there it is. You can yeah. watch the yeah. whole clip. Yeah. How did it live up in a rewatch? It did not disappoint. The, oh, yeah. good. I didn't watch the whole film. Just oh, this great. this one dance number. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that no, that's so nice that it that yeah, it yeah. lived on and it, and it and it matched your memory of it. Yeah. Okay. No, but no, they absolutely. obviously set the stage for performance. Well, this is it, you know. So kind of looking back, like, okay, so here were kids in a movie maybe getting this idea that wow, like real people can do this thing. You know, it wasn't mm. just like watching an, an, an adult and they're like, Wow, imagine they are you Real, kind of see yourself are, in it, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now I discover the director is Alan Parker, who went on to do Commitments later, which was mm. a strong contender for a later film. But anyway. Yeah, Alan Parker's done a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, done loads. So, so, I mean, that, that was incredible. Okay. That was the, the genius. Oh, lovely. Mm. Okay, then we get a little older. Now we're in high school, mm-hmm. still in Cape Town. Where yes. did we go to high school? Weinberg Girls High School. Weinberg Girls. Um, and now we've got the teenage crush, the yeah. high school crush film. Yeah. So I've gone with Terminator 2. Okay. Which was another enormous moment. I mean, that okay. liquid mercury stuff. Yeah. I mean, which he'd also used the in The Abyss, of course, which was also a, a biggie. Yeah. Um, was incredible. Uh, and Linda Hamilton in that opening scene when she's doing the pull-up. I suppose, you know, so, so now like I'm, I'm understanding this, you know, being able to – almost imagine yourself in the thing. You know, mm. after watching that, I went and I got a little crop top and, and yeah. dressed myself as, as Linda Hamilton. Tried. Wow. They were a lot harder than you think. Rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. Shocker. But yeah, that, that whole that thing. That is that power Edward of Fern- representation. Mm. Like and, how you can see yourself in the role, yeah. And that whole concept of no fate, because it's all about, you know, there's only what we make for ourselves. The future's not set. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Love lovely. that. And that's where Asta La Vista Baby and all of that mm. deliciousness comes from. So that was huge. And then, I mean, that was also the era of slumber parties and scary movies, you know, yeah. Children of the Corn and Child's Play and all of that. Although I never liked that stuff. I, I would suffer through it. It was really horrible. Yeah, that, that freaked me out. I, I didn't, I, I stayed quite far away from it. And I still can't. I don't, I don't dig it. I remember watching a trailer on a movie on, on TV once for Child's 
play and being freaked out by like, by like the trailer of it. <laughs> no, trailers can do that. And then um, it was also oh, the surprisingly scary one was Return to Oz. Okay. Um, I, I know of it, Lord. but I missed it. No, no, no. So, so Wizard of Oz, Yellow Brick Road, yeah, you know, yeah. and made a long time ago. Return to Oz was this thing made, I think, in the 80s, yeah. which seemed just like a fluffy sequel to um, Wizard of Oz, but incredibly terrifying. Oh, just, wow. just, just really kind of psychologically. Just the weird sort of characters. Weird, yeah, weird characters. And... These these things called the wheelers, which are oh, human I've beings seen, on the wheels. Yeah, I've seen the footage of it. Crap. Did it Terrible, haunt you? Haunted me, haunted me. Oh, and there's in the opening scene, Dorothy's getting electric shock therapy. Nice. Yeah, no, no, no. So bad. And then at the same time, so I had this older brother, the one who went on to art school. Yeah. So when I was in high school, he would have started there at Michaelis. And then he was the influence in all like the proper cool stuff, the wild at heart and true romance nice. and, and that stuff, oh, strange cool. days. Yeah. You know, he was he was my influence of everything that is cool and still is. Yeah, like, we always, the have, those, we always have those people. Yeah. I, I call it the salmon stream. You know how we just go in, in a particular path. There's always, there's people that you receive, especially in the days of, before music and algorithms and streaming, you you required certain people to make you mixtapes or mix CDs. Those that you friends consumed. are so important. They're so important. And then you would also have your own taste, mostly steered by them, that you would then make for other people. And like, it, it can't go the other way around. No, like you can't no. expose those people no, to No, I'm not going to go to my bro and say, hey, bro. Yeah. Look at this yeah, cool movie I saw. He'll go no, like, no, no, no. It's the other way around. It's like... <laughs> And, um, I, and I, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's funny in a kind of domestic adult life, that stuff falls, has fallen away to a degree with me, although those friends are, are still important yeah. and I need to seek it out a little more actively. But some of the most influential people in this world tell the stories of how an older sibling or an older family member exposed them. I mean, the one story I think immediately comes to me as Dave Grohl from Nirvana yeah. and Foo Fighters right. and how he went on this one family trip and he was this kind of geeky nerdy dude and his cousin who he hadn't seen for many years was now that much older and was this punk rock chick and he just remembers her coming down the stairs and she now had this leather and piercings yeah. and she took him to a, a punk show uh -huh. and that I mean that's changed, changed the course of music history in many ways well, that's beautiful just having this really talented kid be exposed to punk rock <laughs> and that's amazing that it can happen on one occasion yeah you know like you just have your mind opened like that and, the right and then time, you follow yeah. the path and then you know it obviously yeah. uh, uh, inspired an interest in him but it does yeah it doesn't have to be someone that you see every day it yeah. can be just, just like one cool event older that, person. that blows your mind um strange days is is interesting it's it's perhaps a little bit lost these days mm. but it's it was quite influential and it's quite ahead of its time this idea of you like having this neurotransmitter yeah which they're now talking about these days absolutely um, and um there's a part from that movie which has become one of the most recognizable music songs and i don't think people know it but the fat boy slim song right, right here right yes. now comes from a line in Strange Days don't tell me yeah. really yeah it's one of those like you don't think about it but then they show you the scene 
And in uh, the middle of it, she's like, right here, right now. And you're like, oh my God, I know that. Was that the Juliette that. Lewis? Was she, it was the, her the black, character was The black woman. Okay. I forget her oh, name no, and the know. characters. But yeah, it was very cool. And True Romance, of course, shout out to True Romance. We screen that every Valentine's Day at oh, the Bioscope. And we are take great joy in hoping at least one couple doesn't read the description and ends up coming and then gets shocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it oh, says right. true oh, romance, oh, it's Valentine's Day. So people who Day. don't know, oh, they might think But we make she... it very clear in the description. We go, this is not a Hugh Grant movie. Do not right. expect a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Like, this is written by Tarantino. There is a suitcase of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Like, just know what you're coming for. And I think 90% of them do, but I always hope there's one couple that's like, babe, <laughs> like, babe, what are we watching? Well, maybe you rock someone's world that yeah, night. But yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. That. Now we get over, we, okay, we, we, we're dancing ballet, taking that very seriously. Towards the end of high school. Towards the end of high yes, school. Yes. So then these seeds get planted and I end up also, so, so with the, with the little lightning bulb, the light bulb going on in terms of the, the studying acting and, and getting that nearly and mm. doing my first TV series in matric. Oh, I, so you started, you, you had did. a first TV show in matric. Yeah, yeah, I did. And what was that like? Were you like a little bit of a child star amongst your friends? Um, I don't know. You need to ask them. Okay. But did uh, it, I mean, did it feel like you were a little other as a result now? Um, what was the show? It was called The Great Chase. It was an SABC thing. Sure, but I mean... Natasha there was only, Sutherland played my sister. Mark Mulder was in it. There yeah, was no. only so many... Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was like... And, it was and, the SABC series of the time. Yeah. On It was like one episode a week, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have an enormous role in it. I was the younger sister of the lead But I mean... Yeah, no, no. So that was biggie. Yeah, no, that was exciting. Uh, okay. I could write one of my prelims late because I was shooting that mm. day. So yeah, yeah. So maybe, okay. yeah, maybe, yeah, you probably. Yeah. But it wasn't the <laughs> it wasn't the Daryl Ruth movie, so it felt like a bit of a sure second prize. But you me. were you auditioning for the Daryl Ruth movie when you were in high school? Yes, in matric. Oh wild to be a teenage prostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you wanted that as your first role. Though. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, okay, nice no, try. No, no. Come I'm on. Just trying to help or are you going to be in a movie yeah, or not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I would have. No, no, I would okay. have done, um, done a lot. Yeah. Then we go to varsity. We, we go to varsity. We yeah. study at Michaela's. Eh? Yeah. Okay. And we now drama student. Loved it. Loved it. Oh. Yeah. I I don't know how to communicate those four years. Sure. It was just. Absolute no, emotion I, in my thing. I, I had something similar. So Vitz makes you all do um, some other acting or mm. voice or movement um, before you then specialize whether you're going to become an actor or you're going to be in the – I was in the film and TV mm-hmm. trajectory. But the first few years you had to do performance, yeah, which I appreciated. And there was just moments you'd appreciate this. <laughs> Uh, where the performance part was was split up into a- uh, acting, voice, and movement. Yeah. And um, so voice, for example, is very important, as you know, especially for theater, how you control your body, your diaphragm, where you resonate from, how you project, how you... But, I mean, there was times when I was lying on the floor, like, ha, ha, <laughs> just doing that for 30 minutes and going, there is an engineering student that is pulling their hair out. Mm-hmm. And here I am going, ha ha. <laughs> oh. Like this is, this is magical. Like it's I have to appreciate wonderful. how like. 
and it feels so indulgent, is. but it's yeah. so important. You and know? movement and as just, well, oh. where you where you doing the candles, the physical theater stuff, and you no, totally. F- but I mean, buddy, you talk about flopsy buddying. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Look, I mean that stuff is not a spectator sport. I I get very annoyed with. <laughs> bad physical theater <laughs> yeah yeah where you're watching people on stage doing that stuff the with, with no stuff. no kind of meaning yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. guys that's pushing it you know no, so no, but no. like as an exercise and as a route to finding things it's amazing yeah. but just you know going back to the engineering student so my husband who is a computer and business person said oh yeah you know when we met he was saying oh, yeah, i did some drama exercises once it was an exercise in humiliation right it, it was like what? an exercise in humiliation. Yeah. Like, like it's part of like being able to do something embarrassing and being okay with that. And, and you're I like, was like, no, no, my love. <laughs> not at all. It's like, can you be an egg beater? Like, can you inhabit the metal yeah. and do the round and round? Uh, yeah, like, that's like it's part of doing something really well. Just, just different planet. I, like, it, it, totally. It very much is. Although engineering. F- funny enough is a creative person but yes. you're stuck in a maths brain so you yeah, yeah, yeah. you are you are thinking very creatively but it's within numbers and pistons and force and newton yes. but um and the egg beater but it's a very similar a very similar place um what was the egg beater sorry i didn't no, if, you, just you, in case uh, I'm, did you I'm have saying to do that specifically as, as an once? example oh yeah i mean you spend a yeah, term yeah. being earth for example, yes, and so inhabiting the the weight of no, and it's no, totally no, no, within I, the scope of an improvisation class. To totally, have to I'm be just, an egg just curious. That was an example. Uh, no, no, not. Did you ever hear the um, Martin um, Marlon Brando chicken story? No, tell me. Please. So it was a, in a theatre class where the lecturer said, uh, "You all have to be chickens, and and it's going to be the end of the world. The, uh, there's a um, meteor coming, and so everyone." scurried around, clucking away like they're panicking chickens. And Marlon Brando just sat there. And she's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I am a chicken. I have no comprehension of meteors or the end Ooh, of the world. Oh, next level. And it was just one of those, like, here's a kid who's different. He's thinking about this world differently. Yeah, I thought delicious. that was an interesting one. And I also heard this great story of how there was a drama exercise where you start as a human and then you got to do the scene again with a little bit of dolphin and then right. you got to do it again with a little bit more dolphin and then like by the uh-huh. end the challenge the is like, can you do it full dolphin whatever the yeah. fuck that means no but you often go to those things to make a character like but you this ha- character is a tiger or this one is air you know it helps to have real world examples of how to create but you have to be able to humiliate yourself and that that yes. shouldn't be a question so i can totally see where where he was coming where the from. husband's coming from <laughs> because there were a few times where me personally was doing those acting lessons going, oh no, I'm I'm humiliated. I like I yeah, don't no, I can't do this. Cool. And then I realized like I don't know whether I can be an actor <laughs> for that reason. Um okay now we are yeah we're now the varsity early work career we call mm-hmm. that the it's getting serious film. So perhaps you are engaging with stuff through varsity. Yeah. Curious to know what came to you around that time. So the undisputed winner of that era was all about my mother, Pedro Almodova. He was my introduction to his work. Okay. Um, It's been a long time since I've seen Todo Sobre Mi Madre. 
I saw it. I it was my first sort of flirting with Joburg. I'd come up here, okay, to see what was potting in terms mm. of work and possibilities, and I. I was very lonely. I used to wander around Santon City for weeks yeah. on end and go and see everything that was on. Oh, but this would have been at Rosebank because it would have been sure, uh, sure. Nouveau. Yeah, and yeah, it was definitely was a Nouveau film. Knocked sideways. I'd never seen. It's anything. quite a movie. I I, oh. I need to remember it, but I know that th there was a there was a kid who was trans, right? Um, not kids. The the well, what, so the, what so the so, the, so so the lead character is a single mom. Her child dies. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. you know, he gets knocked yeah. over by a car after seeing his favorite actress. And it was a lot of like mm. actors and mothers and all of these mm. themes. And mm. then so Manuela, the lead character, uh, who's living in Madrid at the time, goes back to Barcelona because she never told the child who his father was. She always he was always desperate to know who his okay. father was. So she goes back to kind of explore her past and maybe find the dad and tell him that this had happened and, and so she finds a lot of characters from her past and meets a lot of new ones. There's a very young Penelope Cruz in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is a pregnant nun oh, who has got right, pregnant yeah. by the same guy. Okay. And he turns out to be the trans woman. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Lola is his name was also That's Esteban correct. and the child's name is Esteban and then the other child is Esteban. Okay, so it was the it was the main character telling this father that they did have a son, and yes. the son died. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, but lots, lots more, lots, lots more. more. And she, sure, and sure, she sure. finds the, she, um, so the production of A Streetcar Named Desire, which was the show that they had just seen when the child got killed, is now touring in Barcelona. So she feels compelled to go and connect with that lead actress as well. And then she ends up working backstage as a seamstress and then going on in one of the other roles. I mean, it's, it's like I only Almodovar can mm, do that. I mean, I you love know, those movies. Those, yeah. I mean, other people would say Mumbo yeah. Jumbo, too many coincidences. Like, you can't do it. But, yeah. but in his theatrical way, it's absolutely allowed and it just it just rocked my world oh that's lovely yeah, yeah. i am um, i've just started reading a streetcar named desire really i'm going through um a little bit of a personal i need to read all the books that i need to read in my life and i've made a little pile i've gone one by one i did 1984 uh slaughterhouse five i've just finished dune which oh, wow. listeners have heard me complain about so the books as as in the so now the I'm reading, novels that, yeah, well, that your so, work is involved with. Yeah, which okay. is things like there's just a handful of things yeah, yeah. that I, I've, I've sort of missed, and and I want to go oh, back gosh, and read some have, of oh, these. Oh my word! No, it's embarrassing. Obviously. And um and so I saw Streetcar Named Desire. Obviously, it's the play. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading it now, and I'm like, because wow. I was one of those. I've always known, always yes, heard it, yes. never studied it. There was an amazing production with Moshidi Motsehwa as. Blanche many years okay. ago I saw it at the National Arts Festival so that was incredible I saw it in the UK with Gillian Anderson oh. as Blanche yeah. oh, and cool. then so this Amodova movie uses it a lot Okay. and then there was a play someone wrote a play of All About My Mother which I saw at the Young Vic oh, in the okay. UK and it, yeah, it just okay, didn't just and, and, but like I love this film so much that I'm I've ordered the screen, uh, the the play, and it never arrived. I ordered uh, it on Amazon pretty, in uh, in the US, and it's like just some it's never it's, yeah, it never got to me. Um, no, not the screenplay, the 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 script of the of the theatre play. Because I'm okay. wondering, like, could I, but would you take a British flop and think 
that somehow I can do it because now I'm the right age to be Manuela. Oh, so oh, you know, oh, like so, you, so you thinking of like would, would this be something that it. I would want to produce and do here because it's like my ultimate role. But yeah. but like that would be very stupid. Something that did very badly Whoa. to come and think that I can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. Sometimes it's about timing. Sometimes it's about context. Sometimes it's about certain decisions that perhaps that theatre director made that you know you could redo. But yeah, I know. But also, why why mess with it? I can just yeah. I can just watch the film again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do something else. Write something else. Um, now we get to our last one, which uh-huh. is um, the film you would settle down with. So You've this this was the hardest one because I think it's the most of a commitment. You're saying like from now until the end of time, this is my film. Yeah, but do you know what it could be? It could just be seen as the one that you could always come back to, mm-hmm. which could be one of the previous films you've mentioned. We could um, resign ourselves to the fact that perhaps you haven't met this film yet. Right. But um, no, no, curious, I thought I've, 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 you've got I've, an I've given it some thought. Although, yeah, I mean, I could watch Amadova's movies. And it can sometimes be a start, handful. Start to finish for the rest of my life, and, and that would make me happy. Although it, it, it would get a bit too much. So what I have settled on, although, and I've only seen it once, so, okay, so cool. maybe this invites me to, to watch it again. It's a thing called Living in Oblivion, okay. which is the most delicious tribute to independent filmmaking. It's just okay. so, it's Steve Buscemi. A very young Catherine Keener, Peter Dinklage in his first role. This was his first film. And it's a story of a bunch of clowns like us who set about to make, I love the description, it's called a no-budget movie. It's not a low-budget movie. This is a... (laughs) It takes place on the ma- making of a no-budget movie, and I mean anything that can go wrong, and all the uh, the film is about it's about the of making of of this no-budget movie, and I mean there is the most incredible scene where Catherine Keener and this other actress are trying to do the scene, and they're just not cracking it. Just yeah. it's like ah, it's acty. It's like you're not buying it. It's just painful, and the director steps away for a while, and then. Then they decide just to run their lines, just okay, just so mm. you know. And then the moment the camera's not on them, then they're doing it, and it's just it's they magic. Nail it. They nail yeah. it. So the director says, you know, says to the DOP, you know, come, you know, start recording this. Yeah. And then you think, oh God, they're getting it, they're getting it. But something fucks up, and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not getting it. So how did you see it? Or where were you when you saw it? I watched it with an ex-boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. And then interesting that that's what stuck with you. I just. It, it stuck with me, like I've always meant to go back to it. Like I forgot mm. about it for many years. And then recently someone was talking and then I was like, oh, there's that film. There's that film you've got to watch because it's just, it's all of this stuff. Because I mean, mm. so many of my friends are, we're just trying to make stuff. And, mm. and yeah, so it's, it's the perhaps the spirit of. It's the spirit of my commitment to doing that. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's represented a lot of your enthusiasm in your life and career, yeah. living with oblivion. Living in oblivion. Living in oblivion. I mean, isn't it's the most delicious title as well? Living yeah. in oblivion. Oh, and then it always going living in oblivion. Steen for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living in oblivion. Is, oh, I mean, that's you. a part of it. So, so that and then uh, the other strong contender was the commitments, which we used to watch as a family. I said we didn't have a VCR player when I was young. It was only like towards the end of high school that my mm. parents got the video player, mm. and for some reason we had a VH like a copied. Mm thing of commitments what, and is the, what is the commitment oh it's about an irish Sorry. it's 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 a group of irish teenagers who okay. decide to 
make a soul band, like play black music. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. I strongly, strongly. I mean, okay. and we're, we're, the band that they create was that going to be called the Commitments? Yes, is that why yes, it's called yes, that? yes. And of and course, Irish all the, charm. Oh with gosh, all the Irish, Irish the jokes. Yeah, yeah. The accents, delicious. Um, and then you. you know, there's that fun and games montage where they're auditioning for people to come and you know join them the and, band, and be yeah. in the band, and it's just too awful. And uh, then they've got to come up with a name, and it's like, and and fucking. Someone wants to call them and and and. And, 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 and then the other guy goes, and, and, fucking, and. Yeah, yeah. So just, I mean, all of these yeah, <laughs> delicious, on, deliciousness. What are you watching now? Is there anything that you're enjoying at the moment that 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 you think is worth sharing? Um, Stuff you've watched recently? So the, the bear was a goodie. Mm-hmm. The bear was a goodie. And I know that's been renewed, which is cool. Oh, has it? Because they've left mm. it so open. I mean, yeah. uh, they made a big announcement that season three has been okay. greenlit. That's over on Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you're understanding my relationship now when I say, so the kind of common ground. For my, like we don't mm-hmm. get a lot of time to watch stuff together. So I've yeah. normally got something on. Oh, I recently watched, um, only recently. I know I'm very late. Sure, I, sure, I, yeah. um, the Lost Daughter. Which was extraordinary. Oh, that, that was, was the uh, Elena Ferrante, directed by. Um, yes, um, that had the that was the Oscar secretary, film. Yes, yeah. and it directed by Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I remember from Secretary. Did you, yes, did you ever see yeah, Secretary? Yeah, Your, that yeah. was that was that was saucy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Last Order was interesting. It's got the the woman who won the best actor best actress for. Not the crown, yeah, no. The favorite. Oh, the favorite, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's lovely. I, I still need to see the favorite. That's and it's got um, Dakota Johnson in yes, it. Yes, extraordinary. Yeah, wow, it's an interesting so film. Beautiful. It's quite a frustrating film. It it's is. Not, it doesn't sort of go the way you want or hope. But well, I, I, did, I hoped it wouldn't because it's got this underlying danger the entire time. And yeah. I'm kind of glad that it didn't go there. Yeah. No one drowns and yeah. gets... But it is, it's, it's weird and it's weird and, and disturbing. discordant. And I, I loved the depiction of the reality of having young kids at home. Yeah. Just like these kids clambering all over her and just that yeah. kind of mess. And the, the and lost the, daughter. Yeah, that was extraordinary. An and then by the same Italian author, there's this uh, Elena Ferrante. She, one of her novels was turned into a series called My Brilliant Friend. Okay. That's <sighs> out now. Yeah, Where is Net- it? Netflix you know? as well. May- or Showmax. I'm so bad. It's I fine. We'll, we'll put the right name in the description. But my so brilliant... Th- my brilliant friend okay. takes you on a journey. They start in the streets of Naples, these two little little yeah. girls. And it seems, you think, that, I mean, the one is just ridiculously talented and ahead of her time and reading at the age of four or whatever. So mm. you think this is the brilliant friend and then... The gravity keeps uh, the the balance keeps shifting. So oh, you, you know, um, and it's a story of these two girls with start out with parallel lives and then they just go off into. So 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 the beautiful and smart and clever one marries young to the big, you know, okay. uh, wealthy family of of yeah. this city, and then the other one, the less immediately brilliant one, goes yeah. on to university and ends up having a a larger life. Uh, but there always is. There's love and competition between the two of them the entire time. 
Okay. Which which I think a lot of people can relate to. Very much so. Yeah. My brilliant. My brilliant friend. My brilliant friend. I mean, there are a few seasons. It's a commitment if you're going to do it. But, okay. But um, I do recommend that. I mean, the, oh, the, cool. the imagery, oh, it's mind blowing. Have you seen uh, Lessons in Chemistry? No, I read the book. Oh, I have cool. Not. I have okay, not I wonder what it. the book's like. I'd imagine it's quite similar. But yeah, um, it's very good. I mean, people rave about it. I'm like. It was good. It was it, yeah. it was a it was a, a Well, I'd like to believe read. the the Apple TV Plus show is a faithful adaptation of it. I'm sure, I think Brie people Lars, are loving it, eh? Brie Brie Larson. We're enjoying it. I think we're at that point now in our lives where you know a TV show is good for you if you finish it. Yes. Do you know if what you I mean? don't there's, abandon. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's quite a lot that you start and you kind of after a while you just no party when you sit down goes, "Oh, let's watch the yeah, you know. I felt like that about only murders in the building. I was like, oh, oh. no, see, no, we we were cooked really? on that. Really? Oh, yeah, God, so silly. So I silly. thought you'd appreciate the the sort of the, camp, the campiness of it. Of it. Ah, oh, I I just found it. Season three is set in a theatre. Yeah. So it's all about the yeah. the ghosts of the theatre. Okay, I'll the, give it another bash. And the attic bash. and the oh, mm. it's quite fun. But, I mean, uh, you know, people also have their sort of zone out television where I know a lot of yeah. people do reality stuff and I, I'm not into reality. But what, what Anton and I do do are sporting documentaries. Yes. Oh, We've sport. just finished uh, Quarterback, which is really quite old. But, okay. But also just you can zone out oh. and learn about football. Yeah, love <laughs> what, it. What are so, you watching? Um, so we did the tennis one, Point Break, Match Point, Match yeah, Point, about yeah, yeah. the Australian Open. And then the one about the Spanish cycling team, the oh. Mo- Movistar. It's called Mo- Movistar, but you know, the Spanish Movistar. So it's like oh. Movistar. So there's a, it's called something like, because it's a direct translation from the Spanish, which is just extraordinary. Oh, there's something else I need to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Movistar cycling team, because they go and they're doing all these massive things and it just shows you yeah. the personal stuff behind the scenes. I mean... There are things like, you know, so there's a team set up to take the star over the finish line. Like, yeah. because they, so they, yeah. they, they support, they, there's a thing called the, what's it called? The domestique are people who, they're excellent riders, but they'll never be the star. They're there to get the, the star to the finish line so that he can go over first. But then sometimes people rebel and they're just like, Fuck no, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Yeah. They just pull out their earphones because now, I mean, I think it must have killed it. You know, in the back yeah. in the old days, you'd be cycling your thing. Now there's someone shouting in here, go, 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 no, stay back. Stop, hey, stay go, go, back. Go, yeah, it's the same with people Formula in the, One. People in, yeah. in the car, like so close to them saying, yeah. and then this one guy just pulls out his earpiece and goes for it. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, what that's is, so what is the show called? The show is called something like The Best Most Extraordinary Day. It's like a bad <laughs> direct translation from the okay. Spanish. It's It's something day. The, okay. the best brilliant day or whatever. Okay, we'll find it. So so what I failed to tell you is, inspired by Pedro Almodova, I lived in Madrid for a year and taught English. Ooh. I actually did it. Lovely. Yeah, purely, purely because I wanted to go and find that life, which I did to a great extent. That's lovely. Yeah. So, so from that film, you were like, Absolutely. I've got to go live in Spain. And this is the amazing thing about cinema. It's like yeah. people do change their lives and, and you kind of yeah. expand things. What was that like? So that and drama school, okay, and family, and family, <laughs> are the highlights of my life. <laughs> no, of course, we, I mean, we're not discarding that, but but that is an important time in your life where. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that young... was after Isidingo. So so oh, so it was. Okay. So I had this. So I left drama school. I did a lot of theatre in Cape Town. Started touring to Joburg, 
dabbling with Joburg, lived in both places for a while, which doesn't work because everyone just sure. assumes you're out of town. You know, in terms of getting voice work and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, they, yeah. they, they phone you once, you're not available. They phone you twice, you're not in town. Then you, they move on. You so you, it yeah. actually really helps. And that's what's been good for me in this chapter since coming back from Spain, just being yeah. based in Joburg for like many years now. Yeah, People yeah. know where I am. So, so, so it was the theater, decided to base myself in Joburg, got the Isidingo gig. And then after that, I had a, a hard time finding work and I was just like, oh, screw it. Rent out the flat that I'd bought with the soapy money yeah. or at least committed to. Someone said, if you ever get a regular contract, if you ever, as a freelance actor, mm. have a contract on something, get like buy a property. So I bought a little flat in Linden. Oh, lovely. But then, yeah, so rented that out and went, spent a few months in the UK, working holiday, blah, 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 cater waiter, and then ended up teaching English in Spain for a year. Lovely. Um, Bit of a sabbatical, eh? Yeah, and I found the flat with the bright tiles and the two chicas, Sabella and Aurora. And we these just were your had, housemates? These were my housemates. Oh, and lovely. yeah, no, it was... Do you still yeah. speak to them? I, the one more than the other. Yeah. Aurora and I are in touch. She's got... Just one of those people. Band. Like yeah. I just, I have those people where we said this once to the Japanese band that we toured with. I said, we might not talk all the time, but we'll be friends for life. Mm. You know, you say mm. this in broken mm. English and they're like, I get it. And then they cheers you and, and you're like, yes. I was like, we'll drink whiskey when we are 70. And you will. And, you know, the one guy, you know, Uni, yeah, yeah. he cheers you. He gets it. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're friends for life. Yeah. We're not going to talk every day, but we'll we'll be friends for life. In fact, to to the extent that a few years ago, I met up with Aurora and her family. <laughs> I need I needed a moment, like I needed a few days away from my young yeah. kids and stuff. You sure. know, like no, you took are a deep very breath. Much, I was like, yeah, went, that, yeah. And so I said, Aurora, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing these dates? She said, Yes, it's the summer holidays. So I ended up camping with her. And her husband and three kids and dog. <laughs> yeah, to get away from yeah, my chaos, well you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camping in Croatia with them. But oh, it was lovely. the break. I, I mean, the lust for life is just incredible. No, and I just, I, I remember spending a day or two in Madrid and the whole city, the whole thriving metropolis just shuts down for an hour or two in the mm. summer afternoon mm. when everyone just goes to sleep. It's well, glorious. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's, uh, it's uh, actually uh, civilized. It More is. civilized than you think, because you then think just no, bashing man. through the day. Yeah, no. So I learned, I learned the Madrid summer walk when I was there because it's so hot. Like if you stand in this, it, it like, it, it sticks to it you. It like burns you. It's yeah. like it's like you're being stabbed with a knife. Yeah. So if you're walking in the city in that time of day, yeah, you like, it's not about taking the shortest route somewhere. You yeah. go the slow meandering route going from shade to shade. So if it means crossing the street slowly and so walking okay. in that shade for a while. Because if you do it at a pace, you're going to break out a sweat. Yeah, and if you, if you walk in the sun unnecessarily. So you kind of plan your route and you walk slowly. You walk slowly mm -hmm. in the shade and you'll eventually get where you're going. And, <laughs> so you know, Europe. Oh, oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. Oh, Matissa, thank you for this chat. No, thank, thank you. Thank you for this time. It was wow. lovely to um, catch up again. We first met when you um, very. Uh, it was very cool of you to have uh, one of your kids' birthdays at the Bioscope. That's and great. That's when we first met, and I was like, "I know you. You're famous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to be on my show?" So it's <laughs> and lovely it took to come me a back. year to say yes because no, I was but, too scared. Oh no! But it's. I think 
yeah, it's it's very fun and relaxed here at the video store. And so well, well nice it is, and thank you. you. And my, my 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 reluctance was because you know I had the fear of not being a cinephile, but just it's not even loving that, yeah. what I love. And so, exactly. but when I finally was brave enough to listen to a few episodes <laughs> of yours, I was like, oh, okay, no, I think I think I might be able to do that. Yeah, the ma- I, the yeah. magic that I'm trying to create is what I hope to be a very similar magic to the bioscope, which is that it's a space for everyone. It's nice to have a depth for cinephile and Mm -hmm. to go down that road and do that occasional screening. But for the most part, I think the objective of the bioscope and now the video store is it's a place for everyone, just like the video store was. You know, the cinephile will be in the back seeking out, you know, something obscure, but there's just people looking for a date night. Looking Tots. for something fun to watch. Tots. They just want a night out or a <laughs> night home, in this case, for the video store. So, yeah, that's the idea. So Wonderful, for, and thank you for it. Thanks for being a part of it. Cool. And we'll see you soon. Around and around. You yeah, know, good I'm, luck with the play. Oh, and, thank you. And it's lovely that it's coming to Joburg next year. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks, eh? Cheers, Russell. Thanks. Bye. All right, what a good chat. It was nice catching up with Tessa. We are now um, at uh, the second half of our show. Yeah. Which is now when the story is a little more quiet. Hmm. We can catch up and we can talk about the things that we're watching. We also uh, use this as a chance to balance the till. If there was any mistakes or anything that we uh, forgot or couldn't think of at the time during the guest chat. The first is um, the cycling doc that... Tessa talks about is called The Least Expected Day. Okay. That's a cool title. It's a cool title. It's a it's a foreign language docu-series about cycling. Cool. Um, then I couldn't, for the life of me, remember the name Olivia Coleman, believe what? it or not, uh, when we were talking about The Lost Daughter. Shameful. I know. <laughs> I love old Olivia Coleman. And of course, she shines in Wonka. Mm, yeah. She's in cinemas at the moment. She's really great in that. Um, and then uh, what Tessa couldn't reveal um, at the time of our chat was the fact that she is going to be Lady Capulet. So the play uh, that she's going to do at the Maynardville Open Air Festival, which happens every year, it's always a different Shakespeare. It's, of course, going to be Romeo and Juliet, and mm. she is going to play Lady Capulet. Okay, nice. And tickets are on sale, and it starts on the 25th of Jan. So that's obviously in Cape Town. But uh, very excited for her to be doing such a cool, fun production yep. and to be Lady Capulet. So, yeah. We're not cultured enough to get Shakespeare and Joburg, apparently. <laughs> the closest we got uh, is in Emerentia. There is a rose garden. Yes. And there's also yeah. that, that, that um, there's another little area that's like the, the round, the mm. theater in the round. I've performed oh. Shakespeare in there. Oh, what? Right. <laughs> Who did you play? Um, there's the Capulets and the Montagues. I was um, the man Montague, the dad Montague. Montague dad. Mr. Montague. Mr. Montague. (laughs) Mr. Montague. Uh, Yeah, very uh, little amateur varsity production, but still fun. That is gorgeous. But it's always cool when you go into those parts because the other side of Emmerich is where they do the big shows and the festivals and the dog park. But there's a little little part of Emmerich that's got the rose garden. Mm. 
That is and it's perfect. got that little theater in the yes. round. Yeah. We should use those things more. We really Joe should. Berg. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know they just did Twelfth Night at the Peter Serene Theater at Monty. I wanted uh, to go watch it, but I, I didn't. Yeah. Well, speaking of shows at Monty, our loyal customer, Jonathan Rocksmith. Oh, yes. Is putting on Swingle Bells. Mm. <laughs> Which, let me tell you, I saw footage of that, well, the photos, because he's now posting what the production looks like. Yeah. It looks fucking awesome. It looks incredible. <laughs> it's the bigger one, right? Yeah. Because So when you were um, doing key change with him, that was in the smaller theater, mm, the which is still a lovely theater. theater. But now he's in the big one. Right. But Graham, you know that like classic, what's it? I don't even know how do you describe it. It's that like TV special it's, in yeah. old Hollywood uh, where okay. the band would be on stands on the stage. Yes. And they've each got their like little box that yeah. they stand, that they play behind and right. it's a, a whole like big band. Cool. It's it the Joe awesome. big band. Yeah. It looks and it, awesome. You must go check out this, the recordings on Spotify. Oh. oh, they're putting them out. Yeah. So it's out. Nice. Okay. So that's, that's Swingle Bells. Yeah. And where do you get the Rocksmith. tickets? Uh, probably web tickets. Probably web tickets. Okay. Or just search Teatro and you could probably buy them. Yeah. But yeah, no, so proud of that dude. Yeah. And I could say He's now that that is our most listened to episode. Really? Oh. Yeah. For the longest time it was Snake from Fokov Polisikar, that mm. episode, but Jonathan's one overtook it. Okay. Okay. That's now the most listened to episode. Interesting. Cool. I was going to tell him yeah. and film his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, chaps, uh, we went out to the movies yesterday. Thank you for inviting me, unlike the Napoleon All right, bro, situation. let it go. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but it was nice to... Good. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to hang out with you guys. Always we, is. We went and watched Godzilla Minus One, mm. which um, I think is the kind of movie that a lot of people know and are excited about, but I think might be quite largely lost on the vast majority of mainstream people. Yeah. Totally. Because it is a Japanese made yeah. Godzilla movie. Yes. Mm. Um, I've only ever been um, fed the American ones. Right. Know that there was a rich history of, of many, many, many Japanese ones. And um, it is very much a Japanese character. Yeah. That means a lot to the people of Japan. Mm-hmm. For many reasons, mm. and we'll get into that now. So this is really cool to see. Um, it was a period film, so it's set, yeah. what, shortly after World War Two. Yeah, like late 40s. And we don't see a lot of that, of Japan telling its story mm. post-war. Um, and of course, that's where, just p to perhaps kick it off, that's where Godzilla came from. Yeah. He was, he was meant to epitomize the the nuclear war and the effects of nuclear war that that yes. Japan felt, so it's very cool to see this film come in the same year as Oppenheimer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, perhaps you guys can better articulate how how do you describe what Godzilla is? Well, I think the the image of Godzilla is important. Mm. It's this grotesque monster. Yeah. Right. It's not supposed to be this monster that looks cool or badass like it does in America. And he's not supposed to be a hero because he's an agent of complete devastation and destruction. Because that's what Japan experienced in the wake of Hiroshima that's, and Nagasaki. Yeah. That's right? how their world, their World War II ended. Yeah. It was a very different to the rest of the world. Exactly. And like also just the air raids, you know, that completely flattened entire cities in Japan. You know, yeah. it's it's got a lot to do with that when you see Godzilla tramping on houses 
you know, and just flattening things. Mm. And then the nuclear breath is also like a very important part of the metaphor. And we'll get into how it captures that brilliantly in this movie. It's probably my favorite part about it. So I think the metaphor of Godzilla, and even in before this, Shin Godzilla from like seven years ago, however many years it was, um, also like a metaphor for the Fukushima disaster. They use Godzilla as an agent of metaphor for their like terrible things that happen to their country. Mm. But in the American narrative, nuclear power is a bonus. A, a good thing. Right? It's yeah. a benefit. Something to be praised. Okay. Um, and we've seen that in like those Godzilla movies. Yes, he does destroy a lot of stuff. And he like fucks up cities as well. But he's the hero that saves them from the uglier monsters. Right? Oh, and he does really? become that later on. In the Japanese yeah, films, yeah, I was well. going to say like he transitioned fairly quickly to like the mascot sort of character. Yes, even in Japan, yeah, where it's about him fighting other monsters. And totally, he got caught up in capitalism. Yeah, and it's <laughs> gone through like you know ebbs and flows of being very silly and very serious, and kind of gone back and forth between those two it's, in Japan as well. Yeah, so I'm just one thinking of, the, of it's one of the most prolific film franchises in history. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been going... The first one was, what, 1954? Yeah. They've been putting out movies, like, ever since then. I think there's more than 40 of them. They've made more Godzilla movies than they have of anything else. Yeah. Like, more than James Bond, more than all of them. What were you going to say? I was going to say, as soon as Graham said they were goofy, I was thinking of my favorite gift from Godzilla movie. the one where he's, like, (laughs) flying. Yeah, where he, like, stands on his tail and does a flying kick, like, parallel to the floor. But no, the other one is where King Kong takes a tree and shoves it in his <laughs> yes. mouth. And then someone subtitled, eat your vegetables. He's like trying to shove a tree down Godzilla's throat. And I mean, that was like the, I think maybe the third Godzilla movie. Wow, so it transitioned to that like yeah. really quickly. And yes. they, they were actors that were famous for being Godzilla because yes. they were the, the, the Japanese actors that were in these suits. Mm. And they, in, in true Japanese style... Um, took great pride in their job as being yeah. Godzilla. They they embodied them, and there was a tradition about them being Godzilla. And I mentioned it once before, but when yeah. that abysmal Matthew Broderick yes. one happened, he he was at the screening and he walked out. One of the actors who played Godzilla, and he said, "This isn't this is not Godzilla. This isn't this isn't the the soul is not there." Yeah. <laughs> well, when they first had their meetings with Toho. To make the American one, Toho gave them like a list of things. Godzilla has to be this. Has he to can't do this. He has to have like a certain number of fingers and a certain number stare. of scales on his back. Yes, yeah. and they have to be a certain shape. And Godzilla can't be a bad guy. Godzilla can't die. All this sort of thing. And then they got the script for it, and they just ignored all of it. And they yeah. got the design, and they just ignored all of it. Yeah. And they were like, "Come back tomorrow. We'll talk then." And the, Toho basically decided we can't make little changes to like fix this. Mm. So they were like, whatever, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. So Godzilla minus one. We were like fi- trying to figure out what this title means. Yes. Yeah, strange oh, title. Yeah. Yes. So it refers to the idea that post-World War II, Japan is at zero. Like they could not be lower. Right. Right. Because they're like utterly devastated. Yeah. You know, personally, financially, yeah. you know, nationally, yeah. every possible way. And the arrival of Godzilla takes them to below zero. Uh, yes. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. It's not obvious. No. Uh, it's not obvious at all. <laughs> at the end of the movie, I, I was very confident that I knew what it was about. Uh, right. And now you just told me that and I'm like, oh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> Fan theory, dead. Yeah, the ja- <laughs> exactly. Japanese translations are, have to be one of the most hilarious things. Mm. With the band, 
every venue that we played at in Japan, just the walls are littered with posters of upcoming shows. Because, oh. you know, the bands in Japan, there's hundreds of venues, hundreds of bands. That is so great. It's like it is alive. And they've all got the most insane names. <clears throat> and we've had this competition amongst us to find the, the bands with the strangest names. There's one called <clears throat> The Chef Cooks Me. Badass. And then the, the winner, I think, by far, was a band called The Garden of Chicken Cokes. Right. Which makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Nice. <laughs> That's wild. There's, a, um, there's an anime called Beck, uh, oh, which yes. is referenced in the Scott Pilgrim Conquers the World. Oh, okay. Uh, what is the show called? The, the, oh, new, one? the new one is um, Scott Pilgrim Takes, Takes Off. Takes Off. Wow, cool. Um, and it's uh, the band that they reference is called Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then also one of my other favorite Japanese bands is Maximum the Hormone. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've seen that. I've seen what? that on the walls. Oh, you've seen it on the walls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Maximum the Hormone. They're badass. They're fucking great. One of the famous ones is in all the anime openers, they play quite a few songs there. It's Asian Kung Fu Generation. Oh, right. Okay. It's like really cool names. I watched the, I watched the Japanese heavy metal band in Helsinki called Boris. Boris. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite was there was a giant gong behind the drummer oh, so right. that he only hit right at the end. Not throughout, just oh, right just at the one. End. So this whole thing just travels the world just for sort of like Boom. one big gong. And the only words I understood for two and a half hours was just, thank you. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs> really? Like, that's it. <laughs> okay, then I have to throw awesome. in, there's a Japanese punk band called Otoboke Beaver. Otoboke Beaver. Otoboke Beaver. It's an all-female punk band. They're really cool. Oh, fuck what yeah. does Otoboke mean? I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> but it's got beaver in it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, but very dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> very dramatic. Say. Yeah. Um, it's it was very authentically Japanese in mm. that sense that it felt. Yeah, it was not American. <laughs> yeah, I love how. Um, Godzilla in the beginning just arrives. Yeah, <laughs> he just yeah. sort of walks up onto the beach. Um, when I think in an American film there would be far more build up and mystery yeah. and reveal and you know so it was kind of it was just at a different pace and then of course the acting was this like very over the top to me sometimes even comically serious mm. but you have to remember that that's the, the kind of an acting tradition I guess it's a sort of a style that the Japanese do yeah but um, it 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 didn't it didn't um, the drama never um, broke. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. it was hyper dramatic for all the time for two yes. hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is like that. I think like I've watched so many Japanese movies and you get so used to it. Yeah, but when you first see it, you're just like, wow, this is so <laughs> melodramatic. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a point where he was desperate. And so he like puts his head in his food. Yeah, oh, yeah he <laughs> bangs like, his head on the table. Drops yeah. his head into the table and just like, please come on. And I just thought, imagine if we actually like spoke to each other like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. but super yeah, great. And I I loved it. And I'm I think it's a treat to see and I think it's important that we here in the tip of Africa are watching films from that Japanese perspective. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's a very, very interesting perspective. And it was you know, there was obviously this incredible destruction. But I've I've said it before, the Japanese like from from standing in Hiroshima and being in the, the peace park, yeah. I could tell that the message that the Japanese had wasn't this like we hate America, 
fuck them. Mm. It was there was just this overwhelming um, message of like we can't have this happen again. Yeah, I went to the memorial, the Hiroshima like museum, and they make it very clear they want you to know that two hundred and fifty thousand people died in a matter of seconds, mm. but but they 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 just want you. To, they just want to spread this message of peace. Right. They, they, right. They, and there isn't this kind of resentment. It's strange. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it was very complicated. Yeah. Because one thing you then know from the, the Oppenheimer side of the story is that in those tests, they did take Japanese people. They did show them. They did warn them. Mm -hmm. they, they were told, we have this, we have this, this weapon. Oh. It's, very, it's very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and then... You forget there was a second one, hey? Yeah, and there was going to be a third. There and was the very the, nearly a the third. The second one only happened because they were like... They still didn't surrender they after still the didn't first surrender. one. So the same Unreal. intensity of this dramatic acting, yeah. the same intensity went into their fighting. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it, even in this movie, the main character was meant to be a kamikaze pilot. Yeah, it was the best touch about it. Honestly. Yeah, but then like he's, they're like people are treating him like he's this like traitor and like a coward because he didn't kill himself yeah. Yeah. for his country. That's like the level of like intense patriotism that existed in Japan at the time. I think it's the first time I've seen a Japanese film. I mean, there are plenty out there that I haven't seen, mm -hmm. but it's the first time I've seen a film be critical of that kind of nationalism in Japan. Okay, like from a Japanese yeah. perspective, internally. Yes. Yeah, you know. And not addressing kamikaze pilots specifically, yes. but the film, the war films are always like incredibly patriotic as mm. well. Mm. It's like very nationalistic and it's about like that kind of Japanese pride that like you kind of only see in Japan, right? In right. its own unique way. But then this kamikaze pilot, like with his humanity, just being afraid to mm. pull the trigger when he can shoot a Godzilla and mm. yeah, the emotional payoff of that entire arc was yes. stunning. And yeah. like the first time, I've really bought into a film trying to work in a family narrative into a Godzilla movie. Okay. Yeah, like okay. the Aaron Taylor-Johnson one was cool as well. Yes. It was really effective. Mm. I think maybe the first time that it happened as well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but this one was just fantastic. Just also the setting of three different individuals, a man, a woman, and a child, mm. being brought together as a family in the wake of this complete destruction of Japan, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, everyone had lost someone, mm. right? In that devastation. And then fucking Godzilla shows up. Yeah. Oh. And it's, I think it's treatment of Godzilla is interesting in this one because if you look at Shin Godzilla, so if you, okay, we kind of have like different versions of Godzilla happening at the same time now. Yes. The American one where it's kind of, he's not benevolent, but he's not like strictly a monster who is here to destroy everything. Yes. Right. And then you get Shin Godzilla which is like we've spoken about this how it's like a commentary on like America I mean not American the Japanese um, bureaucracy and the response to the the whole Fukushima thing yes and Godzilla in that is very much like a mindless force of nature yes it's not like it's it just walking through it literally just like walks in a straight line yes like he literally comes out of the ocean and just walks in a straight line like exactly. there's no thought there to deliberate destruction this Godzilla is mean yeah, he's, he's a, like he's deliberately. Dickhead. It's the first time I've ever seen Godzilla like straight up eat people. Yeah, he literally just goes Munch, and like eats people. <laughs> yeah, like it's he very, there's he very didn't even deliberate. Swallow them, he sort of threw them with yeah. his mouth, and it's like deliberately like destroying buildings and like whipping his tail around. It's like a very deliberately destructive thing. Yeah, but it's you interesting know? that the Japanese also then still celebrate him. We had um, yeah. we mentioned how he got 
given the sort of key to the door and <laughs> it, was, it was an honorary citizen or yeah, something yes. and, they, and we posted those pictures of yes. of him getting a medal <laughs> and you know a dude in a suit but in um in shinjuku which is you know the main sort of epicenter of tokyo one of the main sort of busy sections um there is this godzilla monster head that mm. pokes up above the some of the buildings and he um screeches yells uh, like on the hour <laughs> so we've we've yeah we've experienced that as a band when short straws <laughs> toured japan we found on our first tour we found this spot where this one guy took this great photo of us and cool. we made it tra- it a tradition to go back to that same spot every time we did a tour t- to recreate the same photo awesome and and it's very close to this Godzilla that mm. just pokes his head up over some of the buildings and just yells on the hour. I would love to see okay. someone's face if they like had no clue who Godzilla yes. is. Just go to that city and hear this. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like a Japanese big band. Yeah, exactly. It just it just shows you how different Japan yeah. is. Um, but speaking of Japan and its cinematic effect on the rest of the world, um, we have a film like Rebel Moon, which is Zack Snyder's new kind of start of a franchise it's him it's him sort of wanting to create his own Star Wars so to speak but he credits Akira Kurosawa yeah as as one of his um, influences on Rebel Moon Mm. which I think is interesting it's amazing how um, these Japanese these uniquely Japanese storytelling um, devices and films um, can have these effects yeah Mm. lasting effects yeah I always think of Kurosawa as like a filmic version of Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, like Shakespeare created those paradigms Mm. of love conquers all, even death in Romeo and Juliet, and ambition unchecked destroys all in Hamlet's. Yeah. Was that Othello? Oh my God. I can't believe I'm just saying this in there. I'm so uncultured. (laughs) But in that, that same kind of idea of creating these new stories that say something unique about the world is like and he'll just go straight up adapt a shakespeare mm. right mm. like yeah some of the some of the kurosawa films were yeah. like throne of blood yeah you know othello adaptation um yeah. don't know if seven samurai is an adaptation of anything but That's then like those films culturally then went on to inform the spaghetti western era and then yeah. went on to just, inform yeah, straight the star up wars west, straight up western yeah. straight up star wars yeah and, exactly. and so now we've got rebel moon which looks interesting. Mm. It's it's a big Netflix production, so yeah. Netflix's wallet. Yeah. Um, Zack Snyder being um, a sort of a darling of the dude bros of the dude bro movie. <laughs> yes. the, the the he made the more DC stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Justice League and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred. Three hundred. Man versus Steel. What? Yeah. Three hundred. And I was I was saying, what's the Batman Man of movie? Steel. Man of Steel. Yes. Batman Man versus, versus Steel. Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So I don't care anymore. And it, see, it seems like the critics aren't happy with it, but some of the fan reaction is good. Okay. So, but you know what? Fuck it. It is a, it is a unique story. Yeah. It's a unique sci-fi film. And we all need something new and original. Yeah. So exactly. we should all give it a go. It's going to come to Netflix. This On Friday, 22nd. Friday the 22nd. Yeah. Did any of us watch Gareth Edwards' sci-fi movie this year? No. The creator. I really yeah. wanted to, but we um, kind of missed that one. Gad did. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll see. Speaking of uh, that, um, Gad. Gad and the films we've all watched this year, um, next week, 
just a reminder, is going to be our most watched. Yes, uh, the episode here again. Um, the episode that we will do, where we will talk about all the films that we've loved this year, mm. and it's a special episode just for that. Cool. Uh, just a little reminder Thank of that. <laughs> um, yeah, is there any any other thing that we're loving? Talking about Netflix, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nuggets. Twenty three years later, why now? Yeah, chicken, why now? Chicken Run. Yeah. Chicken Run, the Ardman film, so the same yeah, studio yeah, yeah. that did Wallace and Gromit. Mm. Um, released Chicken Run in 2000. Stunning film. F- fantastic film. Brilliant film. It's like really clever genre subversion and really funny and really witty and well-defined characters and good clear character arcs and the sequel has none of these. It's dog shit. Yes. Oh. It's like, okay. I-, I was relieved well, that, was that <laughs> I was relieved that my favorite chicken Babs, who's the fat one that knits the whole time. Like, I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> Why did She's, they do this? Why did they? Why did they? That's make- why we don't know. Um, I suppose it's just like it's another IP to exploit. Yeah, I assume right? Netflix and Ardman have some sort of deal to make movies. Okay. Um, and this is a recognizable IP. Yes. There hasn't yeah. been any Chicken Run thing in between. Not a single no. thing. Did you see that everyone was recast? I mean, a lot of them were. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not Mel main- Gibson. It's Zachary Levi as. Rooster, what's his name? Rocky. Rocky I was going to say because I understand why they recast Mel Gibson. No, totally. <laughs> but but Zachary Levi is just doing Flynn Rider. Yes. Like that is an established character from the previous film. Yes. And he doesn't resemble that character at all. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. Okay, and, so it's not that good. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of slapstick. It's like and mm. people say it's a kids movie. Don't be so critical. And it's like no, Chicken Run was also a kids movie, but yes. it was actually entertaining. You can still watch it and have exactly. a grand time. Yes. But this was just ostensibly marketed to children and that it was way more goofy, yeah. way more void of like cool characters mm-hmm. with like a focused narrative trying yeah. to do something cool. And like that whole genre thing of playing with the idea that the first one is a prison break movie. It's the great escape with chickens. Yes, exactly. There's like nothing subversive like that in this one. Yeah, there's not. You it's know? just like, it's just parodying Mission Impossible again. Oh, yes. we need to break into a place and the soundtrack goes, din, din, yeah. din, din, din. Oh, like, come on. And like the first one is this whole thing of they need to break out. In this one, it's they need to break in and then break out. It's the first movie again with an extra step. <laughs> um, speaking of the 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 typical recognizable noise, yes. the, the you know, the Mission Impossible yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the in Godzilla Minus One, mm. the big score yes was the the original the original godzilla, godzilla yeah. score that's, that's been like godzilla's theme since the original very cool yeah, yeah it's that's um I thought that, that was, was very, that was a very nice touch that mm-hmm. was what's the word when they repurpose things in music and rap and hip-hop like sample, sample. thank you yes you know the bum 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 Yes. <laughs> and that goes into like a hip-hop track that yeah. you'll probably all recognize. Uh, yeah, yeah, That's right. Exactly. That's um, the Godzilla theme. But then the whole time in that movie, I was seeing, they're going, where's the Seven Force riff? <laughs> There's like, it's my fav- one of my favorite film score tracks because it's in 7-4 and it's badass. Cool. Um, time signature-wise. Yeah. So if you count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then it changes. And that's a Godzilla thing. So that's the Godzilla theme song. Mm-hmm. And it's like my favorite thing. And they've used it in Shin Godzilla. Did they use it in... They used it in King of the Monsters. Oh, uh, they and did it, use they it did in King of the Monsters. They did a freaking cool version with like a choir and everything. Oh, yeah. It was badass. It's very Hollywood. Awesome, dude. Like bigger. Okay. King of the Monsters then, has an awesome score yeah and then i was waiting for it in this one but and it wasn't was... happening and then as soon as they were like let's do the plan yes. the both side i was ah. like i shut my pants 
They then used it. Yeah, mm. they then used it they when the boats went it. forward with yeah, the little nets. Right. Yeah. King of the monsters now. Sorry, mm. just to keep going on to this, explaining the bigger Godzilla world. Yes. King of the monsters is is the Apple TV Plus. No, no. Monarch Legacy of Monsters is the show. <laughs> King of the Monsters was the second movie in like the MonsterVerse. Yeah, the new MonsterVerse. So there was the 2014 Godzilla, then King of the Monsters. And then, oh. then Skull versus. Island. Oh, Skull Island, yes. Then Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes, and now the new one. Yes. And, now the and, new, yeah, and what's the new one in that one coming out? Uh, next year sometime, I think. What like is it called? April. It's called Godzilla X Kong, the New Empire or something like that. Yeah. Um, Jesus, but like someone, like I was watching a video the other day. Someone pointed that the MonsterVerse is kind of the only other successful cinematic universe, other than the MCU. Yeah, like what other cinematic universes have actually worked out? It's true. It's like the MonsterVerse is still going, and the movies are still successful. What is the what are the MonsterVerses? That's like the new the the American Godzilla, the legendary pictures Godzilla. The the MonsterVerse. There are no other monsters. There's just been the Godzilla one. Yeah. Yeah. But they're taking all those like legacy characters that have been in the Japanese Godzilla mm. movies mm. and putting them now into this American franchise. Yeah. So we've had Mothra, we've had King Ghidorah, yeah. we've had Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fucking cool. Yeah. That's stupid, but I was still like, yeah, yeah it's Mecha Godzilla. Well, in the original ones, Mecha Godzilla is the original Godzilla. What? Because in the original Godzilla, so there is sort of like <laughs> Some level of like continuity there. Yeah. The original Godzilla dies in the first film. Yes. And then in the sequels, they like resurrect the original Godzilla as Mecha Godzilla. No way. Yeah. So he's not just a machine yeah. that they built? I didn't know that. No. Well, like in this one, it's like King Ghidorah's brain in a Godzilla body. In oh, the, yeah. In so, Godzilla yeah, yeah. versus Kong. Yeah. So it's, they, it's that same sort of thing, but it's it's the original Godzilla yeah, yeah. now as a bad guy again. So cool. Sure. I love that movie, deep, King of Monsters. Deep Waters there. Yes. Again, there's like, I think there's like 48 Godzilla movies or something. Yeah, no, there's a cuckold. It's wild. I love but, how Russ gets but, exasperated when we get nerdy. I wouldn't say exasperated. I'm just trying to rein you guys in. Uh, no, but I appreciate and love you guys. And I think on that note, I think it's getting late here. Cool. At the video yeah, store. it's getting too nerdy. We've had a lovely day. getting close to midnight where Graham and I will... Take this is why Colin and I forms. need our own show. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Here's to 2024. Hell yeah, Hell yeah guys. we can nerd out in that regard. I, mm. want, I want to let you guys loose oh, shit. <laughs> next year. I think there's a lot of space for that. And I think we must record more of that. And we must put more mm. of that kind of stuff out. Yeah. We I'm can call it the video store off the lead. <laughs> Graham and Cole just run, run but I mean, wild. No, we had one which was called like... Special co- Features. Special Features was yeah. a nice one. Yes. Bonus Features. After Hours. Yeah. Uh, coffee Break. Yeah, Coffee Break. <laughs> Sm- we, I, I originally thought Smoke Break. Oh, yes. Uh, but Coffee Break is maybe a bit more... It is more. <laughs> it is more better. More better. But no, we'll we'll expand those kinds of things next year. Yeah. Definitely. Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening thus far. We love you and treasure you. Mm. And uh, if you didn't know, our home base is thevideostore.ca.za. Everything is there, including links to our social media. Please chime in on, on what we've chatted about today. Let us know your thoughts. And also, uh, let us know which films you think we should be chatting about next week in our most rented episode. Mm. And there's links to older episodes as well. So you can listen to things like the Jonathan Rocksmith episode, which yes. I mentioned um, which are timeless because we talk about the films that they've loved across their life. So yeah. you can always go back and enjoy those and get to know people. And uh, we will see you again next week. We're going to do our most rented episode, which is 
our top films uh, and series for the year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we actually will take a break for a week or so while we travel and enjoy Christmas and New Year. Cool. And then we'll be back in the New Year. Nice. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. For now. For now. <laughs> well done. <laughs>